BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. In case you missed it, we had the founders of Base and House of Wise on the podcast just a few weeks ago. Our conversation with Lola and Amanda addressed so much, but... Just to reiterate, BASE is really easy at home lab testing. It's a new company making lab testing affordable, convenient, and accessible for everyone. They're completely changing how people get to the root of their persistent health issues or stay on top of the body's data. I tried it and I learned that my sex drive is high, which is not a surprise because you guys hear me talk about that all the time and you're probably sick of hearing about it. And House of Wise, which is Amanda's company, offers high-quality, full-spectrum CBD products like sex gummies that are made of horny goat weed extract and maca root extract, ashwagandha, and they promote desire and like get you, you know, more in the mood. And they're gummy. So like, first of all, you're eating a yummy gummy. Second of all, you get more in the mood. Like what could be, what could be wrong? When you do the base test, you can choose from five key areas that affect your quality of life. So like your stress, your energy, sex drive, diet, sleep, whatever you want to know about, you can test, which is really, really awesome. So if you want to try base and House of Wise for yourself, you can actually save 20% off your first month of membership with code ACME. You just go to get-base.com slash House of Wise to learn more. And you can enter code ACME to save 20% off your first month of membership. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at ACME. Today's episode is the ultimate like chat with your girlfriend. Jenna is hilarious. We truly had never met before we recorded this episode and the one that's coming out on her podcast. And it was like, we immediately connected. We immediately clicked and we were able to talk about so many subjects that I feel like you guys will really resonate with. So definitely check out this episode today. Also happy Father's Day to anyone who celebrates, to anyone who wants to be a father, to anyone who has a complicated relationship with their father. I know it's a hard day if you lost your father to be on Instagram and see everyone posting and you know, this and that, but you are amazing. And the fact that you're listening to this shows that you obviously have really good taste and I love you. It's actually my boyfriend's sister's wedding today, which is where I am currently in Brooklyn. And I'm so excited for her. So congrats to her if she's listening and to their wonderful family. And I'm really excited about that. I'm going to answer a few of your questions and then we'll get right into Jenna. 
Someone asked, girls who were your friends before and now you never see them without their boyfriend and how to adjust to that. Very normal. It happens, especially at my age. I'm 30. And when you have a partner now, it's like you do everything together. I don't know if that's like an age thing, a codependence thing, but every plan turns into like a double date. Like it's rare to just hang out like girls. I mean, by the way, I do it and I love it and I make time for it, but it's, it is, it can be more rare because that's just for some reason how we're treated in society. And I'm not saying it's a good thing, but I think that you just have to adjust and you just, you know, you, maybe you spend time with them and their partner. Maybe you spend less time with them and more time with someone who is single or some time alone and get to know yourself but definitely don't take it personally. It's nothing against you. It's just this person trying to learn their new partner and see if this is a lifelong match. And that's just part of life because ultimately we pair off and we possibly procreate. And that's the stage. Somebody asked, is it a bad idea to move into your partner's apartment even if you both genuinely love the place. I actually don't think it's a bad idea. I hear all the time like, oh, it's bad juju to like move into someone else's apartment and not get your own. And, you know, my boyfriend had moved into my apartment the past like a year ago and we had a great time. Um, and now we have our own space that we found together and it's great. But I get the like stigma around it. Just like, you know, you not choosing it or them feeling like it's their space ultimately. But if you feel good there and you're happy there, like that is really the only thing that matters. And I I know tons of couples that did that because one person maybe owned the place and it worked out really well. So don't be insecure about that. It's so cool, so normal. And if someone has a great apartment, especially in New York City, that's really hard to find. So definitely hold on to that. How to get over a fuck boy who recently ruined your confidence. Can't stop thinking about him. This is so hard. I feel like everyone goes through a situation where someone just totally throws something at your confidence and where it was like once great, it gets all confusing. But the reality is that you're amazing and this person's reaction to you does not define you. Like not everyone's going to love us. Like my dad always says, like you can't dance at every wedding. You're not going to be able to be everybody's cup of tea. And it's actually great that this person wasn't interested in you because now you can find someone that did. However, it is hard. Like I remember I was dating this guy and I really liked him and I thought he really liked me. He like brought me flowers on my birthday. Like he did things that made me think he liked me. And then I got drunk one night. This is obviously before I was sober. And I was like, I, I was so embarrassed. I'm cringing. I was like, do you like, do you like me or something like really cringe? And he like never spoke to me again after that. And I was like, wow, I totally ruined this. Like he thinks I'm such like a turn off, blah, blah, blah. It turned out he was just a shitty dude and he wasn't my person. And the sooner you realize that, the happier you will be. I promise you. Referring to your newest TikTok, what's the difference between being too picky and settling? I think the difference is settling is like convincing yourself to be with somebody and giving someone a chance is just like, for example, like 
go on three to four dates with someone. And if you don't have like an excited feeling about them, then move on. Like don't convince yourself, oh, but they're so good on paper. I should be into them. Like that is settling. Settling is convincing yourself and being too picky is having all of these like rules and lists about who the type of person you're going to date and the type of person you see yourself ending up with. Oh, I didn't see myself ending up with someone who's Jewish or I didn't see myself ending up with someone who's five, nine or whatever. And so just because I didn't see it or because my friend won't think he's attractive or she's hot, then I'm not going to do it. Or, you know, she's someone that's dated people I know. So no, I'm not going to do it. That's picky. Settling is when you actually don't have the feelings in a way, but you convince yourself that you do, or you don't think that you're going to do better, or you're scared to be single at 30 and see what else is out there. That to me is settling. Um, Just a quick apartment update because somebody asked. It's coming along slowly, but surely our room is pretty much done except we're waiting on our lamps. The second room is a complete and utter shit show. It's supposed to be like an office. I don't know if we're going to try to throw a bed in there and make it like a guest room slash office, or if we're going to get a Peloton and try to be like more into fitness and biking. It's really just so up in the air. So if you have any ideas, please slide into my DMs. Um, We just ordered a new couch. It's probably not coming till November. So the living room is definitely not there yet. Moving is a process, but I feel really lucky that we have the means to even do this move and to get new furniture. It's really amazing. We've been able to sell a lot of our furniture too. So I'm really grateful for that. And I'm just feeling really grateful today. And I hope everyone has a wonderful Sunday and that they, you guys enjoy this episode with Jenna. It was truly one of my favorites. I recently got my necklaces tangled in a bunch and it was not fun, but that's what I get for ordering so many Majuri necklaces. I just can't help myself. Like they're just so cute. And by the way, if you're curious how I got them out, use a safety pin, sometimes even two safety pins. But that's not going to stop me from ordering Majuri because they make the best fine jewelry for every day. I love the fact that I can wear a bunch of different necklaces and stack them. I wear like four of their bracelets every day. I personally love the Astrology Zodiac bracelet. I have my Libra one, obviously. And there's new picks every week for every style. They have ear cuffs, which I love because I'm too scared of getting a second piercing because I'm an infant child in my head and scared about it. And the cuffs are gorgeous. They've got bracelets, earrings, necklaces, anklets, Whatever you're into, Majuri is the one-stop shop to make yourself blinged out. And you don't have to wait for anyone to get you jewelry because you can get it on your own. They've got really great things for summer too, like hoops, diamonds. I personally love like a bold hoop for summer with my hair up because it's always frizzy in the summer. But if you need help deciding... 
You can do a live chat with a Majuri stylist one-on-one on the website. So head to Majuri.com slash Acme and you'll get 10% off your first order. That's M-E-J-U-R-I.com slash Acme. 10% off your first order. Majuri.com slash Acme. Check it out and get some bling bling. Fun fact, I actually only got a credit card like a couple of years ago. Before that, I was using a debit card and thought that that was totally normal. And by the way, it is normal. Like if you don't have credit to get a credit card, you're not alone because I had no idea what I was doing. But, you know, once you do have this credit card, you get a balance month after month. It's not free money by any means. And it can be very possible that it's hard to pay off sometimes, which is why we partnered with Upstart to help you with this uphill battle or just, you know, if you're scared of getting a credit card and you need help, maybe it's a personal loan or maybe you have, you know, you got to fund some personal expense that you're really excited about, but you can't afford to, you can use Upstart. It's really amazing. Upstart looks at more than just your credit score. So you don't have to worry about that. Like your income and your employment history, and they can offer smarter rates with tons of trusted partners out there. You just do a five-minute online rate check and you can see your rate upfront for your loans between $1,000 to $50,000, which is awesome. You can find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash Acme. That's upstart.com slash Acme. Do not forget to use our URL so that they know that we sent you from the podcast. Your loan amounts are determined based on your credit, income, and other certain information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash Acme now. Hi, I'm Haley Hubbard. Hi, I'm Jessica Diamond. This is our show, Meaningful Living, where we break down the overwhelming amount of parenting, lifestyle, and relationship information into credible and digestible knowledge and tools. Parenting is hard and the thousands of decisions we're forced to make every day can feel daunting. While we've never had access to so much information, it's never been harder to find the knowledge we need to feel confident in the choices we make. We're sharing completely uncensored information here. It can be messy, but it's always fun and always real. Check out Meaningful Living anywhere you listen to your podcast. It takes a village and we can't wait for you to join ours. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with podcast host, comedian, fellow Dear Media host, and lovely person, Jenna Kingsley. Hey, Jenna. Hey, Lindsay. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. So we usually start our episodes, and I know you just listened to the one with Whitney where she's like, you can, you can Google it, but yeah. I have to ask, how old are you and where Absolutely. Are you from? I am 45 years old, and I am from New York City, just like you. So you're already like my sister, sister from another mister. Sisters for life. It's so crazy because you literally look like you're 15. Like, I don't I... know what you're doing, but please share with us. <laughs> And I have a 17-year-old son. No, you do not. Yes, I do. Who's like his driving is giving me wrinkles. I love you so much for that. That is so sweet. Uh, I don't know. It's it's probably good lighting in here. Um, You're very kind. Well, actually, it is a perfect segue to my first topic that I wanted to discuss because I literally just got it, which is Botox. Um, Okay. Have you, this is a judgment-free zone, except that people are listening. Um, Yeah, that's fine. Have you gotten Botox? I have gotten Botox. You know, it's so funny because I know like 
now people are starting so young, which I guess is so great because they say- What's so young? Um, I, Like people that are like 22, 23, 20, okay. which seems young to me, but that's if it young. works and if that's when it's, you know, I'm not a doctor and whatever mm-hmm. works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe in a subtle little Botox, you know, to clean up your, your lines. Agreed. Dude, yeah. So, but you Look were going to well say- rested. I cut you off, which is like a new thing I'm learning in therapy. Um, but you were saying you were saying something like, which is a good thing because were you going to say because it's preventative? It, they say it's preventative, and it's mm-hmm. so funny because that's not something that I ever realized. So I would like get Botox and just wait until like the last Botox had like crinkled out of my, you know, like. And now I'm hearing, and I, this is something I, I was today years old when I learned this, basically, Mm -hmm. you're supposed to stay on top of it. So you don't develop the lines at all. I will argue that that is not true. And the reason I'll argue it is because I'm 30 and just got Botox for the first time because I had lines. Like I did what you, what you said. And my, what do you, what do you call it? Like my Botox provider, right? right. My, my Botox doer, um, AKA my wonderful dermatologist said that that was totally fine. And that you don't really need to do Botox until you have resting lines, which means like make, you make a scrunchy mad face. And then when right. you stop making that mad face, you still have lines for like a few seconds. Yeah. I, you know, look, I'm 45. I can honestly say like I got Botox and then the lines went away. So I don't know that. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, so I can't advise. The doctor right. patrol is going right. to come after me. I can't advise. Whatever they say, do do what's right for you. How's that? I agree with that. And I, <laughs> I too am not a doctor, even though I like <laughs> to talk as if I am. So Same. when did you get it for the first time though? I probably got it for the first time when I was like 33. Okay. Okay. And I got it. I It hadn't even occurred to me to get Botox. You know, look, first of all, I want to say when I was 33, there was no Instagram. There was like no, I mean, we had Facebook, but it was not mm-hmm. what it is now. And now everywhere you're looking on Instagram, like I have never had plastic surgery, but you go on Instagram and you're like, do I need plastic surgery? So it's, it's this weird kind of dynamic, like which came first. So I remember just like, a friend of mine who was like, oh, I'm going for Botox. Yeah, you should go. It's like probably time. And I was like, okay. Like I had no yeah. idea. And I went and I was like, this is lovely. And, uh, but I don't go every three months. Like I just, like I said, like I wait now. I'm like, oh, am I supposed to go like constantly? But I don't really want no, to. No, you only go when like you can't look at yourself in the <laughs> mirror. That's my rule. I wait yeah. till I can't look at myself in the mirror. Exactly. I think that that should be the rule. Um, and also it's fucking expensive. Like It's expensive. No when, one tells you that you have to set aside like an emergency fund for Botox in addition to like your your life and your life expenses. This is what I will say. Wait, how old are you that 30. you just got it for the first time? You're 30. So this is what I will say. Not all Botox is created equal. I did not know that, mm. but I used to go to like I was going to like a dermatologist and then someone was like, oh, we know this woman. So I was basically going to black mark, black market, Botox, <laughs> you know, like on the Upper East Side, like in someone's like, and it just wasn't the same. And I'm back in a doctor's office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, 
I almost did black market Botox. My friend is a dentist and he was like, I can do Botox too. And I was like, great, like let's, let's fucking do it. And I almost did it like in his apartment. And I'm sure by the way, like he's an amazing dentist. I'm sure it would have been great. Right. But I'm happy that I didn't like cut corners on this one. I feel like, like this is like the one time and place where you don't like you don't mess around because you it's don't your mess face. Around. Like you don't get like Groupon breast implants either. <laughs> <laughs> does like, Groupon do still exist? I, it does exist. I'm obsessed with it. I don't use it ever, yeah. but I was on it because you know what it's actually good for, which is weird. It's good for finding, I was looking for an infrared sauna place. Mm. So I was using Groupon as like a, like a directory. And oh. so I ended up buying like a cryo package at Restore Wellness, which was so random, but it cost like $4 because I got it on Groupon. But anyway, don't get plastic surgery on Groupon. No, yes. no. Or like guilt group. If, uh, or guilt. I'm not, a, again, I'm not a doctor, but that is just my doctor. Yeah, like don't, don't flash sale um, your, your <laughs> face. Um, but, oh yeah, this is what I was going to ask you, which is wild to me that I haven't brought it up yet. Um, but I have to, because I ask uh. every person who comes on the show, when is your birthday? July 8th. I knew you were a cancer. How I swear to God, know? if you put, if I wish I had guessed, if you had put a gun to my head and said, if you don't say my exact zodiac sign, you would die. I would have lived because I swear to God, I was going to say cancer. I just knew oh my. Okay. First of all, I want to know how you knew that. Second of all, my best friend in the entire world is a cancer. Her birthday is on the same day. We were born in the same hospital. She grew up in the city. And my boyfriend's a cancer. So what is two cancers together? Is that good or I bad? love that. First you of all- You love that? Yes. So my boyfriend's a cancer too. So oh, obviously I'm supportive of that. Love. Yeah. Um, when is your boyfriend's birthday? June 28th. Okay. I also didn't ask your current relationship status. I'm like not doing my job well today. You, I'll just interview um, you. You know, guys, we're coming <laughs> off. I just, Lindsay was just a guest on my podcast. So we're just, you're catching us. Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like we've we're already like, had a full podcast. We're like mid conversation already. Um, <laughs> I love that. Um, your boyfriend has the same birthday as my brother-in-law, which is oh. interesting. You also, you're July 8th, you said? Yeah. So you both have eight in your birthday, which is a power number. So- Good vibes, good juju. Love Ooh, that for you. I like that. Um, your question was how I feel about two cancers. I feel very positive. One okay. of my best friends, well, they're both my best friends, um, are a couple and they're both cancers and they're really wonderful and they have the most tender, loving relationship. I think there's a lot of two of the same sign combinations that do not work, but cancer is yeah. not one of them. Okay. All right. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. That's that's really funny because I just didn't know because I, I know cancer. Look, I don't know that much about astrology. Mm -hmm. I'm very into like, I'm very into like psychics and mediums and all of this stuff. But astrology, I really do not know a lot about. Mm -hmm. What I do know is cancers are like homebodies and sensitive. And I yes. was like, can two of us, is that a good, I mean, so far it seems like a great match. But. No, it is. It, and there's so much more to it than your sun sign, which we'll okay. get into at another time. But okay. I want to hear a little bit more about your relationship. How did you guys yeah. meet and how long have you been together? Okay. All so this is actually a very interesting story. And this is a good pandemic tale and dating app tale and a blah, 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 blah. So I met him over the summer on Hinge. Okay. And I was writing to him and I was like, this guy's 
adorable and funny and cute and whatever. I could not picture dating at that time. Like I couldn't picture dating. I had just gotten out of a relationship. First of all, I just, we were in the middle of a pandemic. I just didn't feel like sexy dating. I felt Mm -hmm. like trapped at home, like in my sweatpants, (laughs) like I didn't even know how to make that happen. Mm -hmm. So he had said to me when we were writing to each other, he's like, by the way, he's like, you know, we're Facebook friends, right? And I was like, no. And I have a lot of Facebook friends I don't know because of what I do, like my videos or whatever people friend me. And I, you know, I just like anyone can have a ride on my Facebook because it's like for work basically. Yeah. And he also followed me on Instagram, like already. So I was like, what have you seen so far? Like how, for how long has this been going on? So we went out like first week of, of September and I liked him, but he wasn't my typical type. He was, again, as I mentioned, guys, we had just spoken, Lindsay and I, before, I am a very bad chooser of men. So I, I always pick guys that are a little mysterious, read unavailable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a whole history of, and he was just this normal, nice, I mean, he's really hot, like this normal, nice guy. And, but he was like from Long Island and had two kids and, you know, the city, Long Island. I just, I was just like this. I don't think this is the right fit for me. He wasn't a creative. I date a lot of like kind of creative people. So, but I liked him a lot. Um, So I was like, I liked him enough to go on a second date, but I was like, I don't know if I can like really get into it. Mm Mm-hmm. So I gave him another date and I had a great time on the second date. I gave him one more date and then I was like, I can't do it. We're in the middle of a pandemic. It's getting colder out. And I, I was like, what are we going to do? Like, are we just going to sit at home? Like, cause I couldn't, wouldn't go into a restaurant. It mm-hmm. was freezing. I was like, I just can't see it. Like, I don't see it. Anyway, we kept in touch and we occasionally text over like television shows because like I would recommend shows, but it was a non-romantic thing. Mm-hmm. February 16th, my father's birthday, which is really weird. My father passed away like 11 years ago from pancreatic cancer. So it was my mm-hmm. dad's birthday. I didn't even realize that until like we put it together later. Mm-hmm. He texted me about something and it was the first warm day in the city. And... I was like, oh, are you in the city? Like, want to grab dinner? I don't know why. I just like said it. Mm-hmm. And, oh, because he always was talking about how he wanted to go out and I'd blow him off. I blew him off. He, I wasn't interested. Right. So we went out and he's like, I know why you don't want to date me. And I was like, why? And he's like, because I'm not your typical type. And he's like, and I don't know why that matters because we have the best time together. So like, what gives? And I found it so attractive that he kind of called me out on my shit because he was right. He was totally right. Like there was no reason other than like, it wasn't what I had imagined. Right. And uh, I was like, you're so right. And then something changed and now we're doing great. I just met his parents yesterday for the first time. That's so cute. I love that. And that's like a perfect story to show our listeners that like, you don't just give up on someone after, you know, a couple dates because you never know, like, unless you're completely repulsed by this person. 100%. You never know. Like, 
if the reason that you are letting someone go or rejecting someone is because they're not your type, I don't think that's a reason enough. It's what I've learned is it's not a reason. And I see you ask this question a lot because now I'm really conscious of it. Cause I used to just be like, if I don't have that, like I want to jump on you on the first date, it's not going to work out. But the Mm -hmm. truth is if you take it slow and you get to know the person, you can actually think, is this person what I'm looking for? And it turns out he's exactly what I'm looking for. And I'm so attracted to him. And it was just timing also. Like I'm a big believer in timing. Like in the middle of lockdown, when everything's closed and it's cold out, like I didn't feel, I was like, where could this possibly go? Like Mm -hmm. we didn't know there was going to be a vaccine and January, February, you know, like we didn't know we were going to be able to socialize soon. So I was like, are we just going to be like sitting at home, staring at each other? And so I would say to everyone, because I'm a big fan of sending that honest text. Like I don't see it. Like I never sent him that text. I never did. I always kind of kept in touch. Mm -hmm. You kept the door open. I kept the door open and on. Yeah. I kept the door open. Yeah. So And you guys are both divorced. We're both divorced. Mm -hmm. I got married when I was 23 years old, which is insane. Whoa. Whoa. Very crazy. I don't know what's crazier, getting married when you're 23 or getting Botox when you're 23. I think (laughs) (laughs) I think I I should have gotten Botox. No, no. I am am grateful for my ex-husband. I have a great son with him. Mm -hmm. We are amicable. We actually quarantined for the first four months of the pandemic together. Oh, Wow. That's great. I love that you guys get along. Can I ask what his birthday is? His is September 18th. Okay, so he's a Virgo. Which What's is not a Virgo a, mean? Not a bad match for for a cancer, but I could but like you never know. There's so much more that that factors in. There's a lot more. Um and so I was very young, but what I will say is on my first date with my ex-husband, it was such a bad date. It lasted like 15 minutes. I came outside and he's like, "Hey, do you mind if we pick up all my friends and go to a party downtown? And I was like, okay. And so we waited in this like homeless pub. I don't know where you grew up, Lindsay, what part of the city, but we waited like at this pub for his friends to get ready. I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, either he doesn't like me and he's picking up his friends or he hasn't had a date in like 10 years and wants to prove to his friends that he does. I was like, I'm out. Uh huh. And, uh, I, I was like, you know what? I have, we're, I'm like starting a new job tomorrow. I'm just going to go home. Is that okay? Like you go to the party. Our date was like 10 minutes long and he went. And then the people that set us up were like, what do you think? I was like, I don't know. It was really weird. And they're like, that's what he said. Would you go out again? I'm like, yeah. And then that was it. So then Aww. I got married when I was 11. Well, that is when you were 11. <laughs> that's another like amazing example. And like, obviously, you know, like you ended up getting divorced later on, but obviously so much amazingness came out of it with your son and like you being together. So another great example of why you shouldn't give up after one kind of weird first date. 100%. I always say that I'm like, if you are not like repulsed or you know for certain, like this is not your person, go out again. And there's also something really nice about it keeps you level-headed. Like, like Mm. I said, like it keeps you able to say like, is this person for me? Like, do I like the way this person handles things? Like it, cause you're not so wrapped up in like. Right. And you, you need to focus on how you feel about them, not how they feel about you, which we always talk about. Exactly. 
do you wear sunscreen every time you walk outside? Because my dermatologist says that I must wear sunscreen no matter where I'm going, no matter what the weather is. And I've been doing that. I've been listening. And I really think that you should too, because you can get fine lines, dark spots, like breakouts, all of this stuff from not taking care of your skincare needs. Also, like then you're going to need Botox. And as we discussed, Botox is expensive. And it's really important to take care of your skin on your own. But it's hard to find an amazing company, amazing product that takes care of all of these things, which is why I'm so thankful that I found Curology. If you haven't heard of Curology, Curology customizes a prescription formula with three active ingredients picked for you to tackle your skincare needs. So like right now, I'm just dealing with the fine lines, the dark spots and like clogged pores because I work out and I don't always shower immediately. Yes, I know it's disgusting, but like sometimes you're running around after, you know, And Curology actually matches you with a licensed dermatology provider who gets to know your skin and they prescribe you like cream or face wash or all of the above. But it's really wonderful, especially if you don't have a dermatologist that you get to connect with one. And um, it's really amazing. I love all of the stuff that they gave me and I use it as part of my skincare routine, which is expanding the more I get to know about my skin. I've noticed great changes, like when I use it after the sun and I use the lotion that they have, my skin starts to be like less red and blotchy, which can happen from the sun. Take control of your skin, of your acne, your dark spots, your breakouts, whatever your unique concerns may be with a powerful skincare treatment that's made for you today. Go to Curology.com slash Acme for a 30-day free trial. All you have to do is pay for shipping and handling. That's C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y.com slash Acme and unlock your free 30-day trial. Curology.com slash Acme. Check it out. So we have some more topics that I wanted to get into. One of them, because this is like kind of in that same vicinity, is how to bring up your needs in the beginning of a relationship as opposed to like in the end when it's kind of too late. Okay. I always say how important it is to like, you know, set your boundaries in the beginning. And we talked about this recently and someone was like, but how? So I'm going to ask you, Jenna, how you think that that goes down. And then I'll jump in as well. So I'm actually so glad you brought this up because I I just had my, th- my therapist is on my podcast this week. She's my guest. It's amazing. My actual therapist. And a lot of people follow her on Instagram. She's NY therapist. I don't know if mm-hmm. you know who she is, but she is like, you know, pretty big Instagram following and she's the best. And I can honestly say she single-handedly changed the way that I looked at relationships and mm-hmm. dating and boundaries. And I grew up, I joke that I grew up with literally no boundaries. And I like, we didn't know what they were. Like, I was like, what's a boundary? Mm-hmm. And I always thought boundaries were like mean, like my image of boundaries were something that were mean, like just really like bitchy and like closed down. And I am just a very like warm, open person. So I didn't know what a boundary, like I just had this image of what a boundary was. And then I, with all my work I did with Tori, my therapist, we talked about boundaries are what you will and will not tolerate. And like, Mm -hmm. if you are out of alignment with yourself in a relationship, if you feel anxiety or you're out of alignment, you're probably 
letting someone cross a boundary that you don't want crossed. So when I started dating my boyfriend, I felt very oddly comfortable with him. Like, that's the other thing I want to say about relationships. Like, relationships are work. They are work. I was married. I have a kid. Like, relationships take work. No relationship is no work. And you have to do the work. However, it should be like a healthy amount of work and it shouldn't be fighting an uphill battle all the time. It shouldn't involve begging, pleading, shouldn't involve insecurity. It shouldn't involve, you know, so with my boyfriend, like he made me feel so comfortable and I just felt so comfortable. And from the get-go, I was like, this is what I will tolerate in this area. Or if a topic Mm -hmm. came up, I'm like, okay, for example, like he was telling me, like he would talk about online dating with me or something Mm -hmm. after like a couple of dates. And I was like, listen, like do what you want. I don't want to hear about it. Like, I don't want to hear about the profile you saw. Like, I don't want to look at the profile. Like, I don't want to, like, we're getting to know each other. And like, so I think when you stay ahead of the boundaries, like when you make your wants and needs clear, it actually makes it so much easier, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yep. So much easier. I think that is so well said. And I felt the same. I thought that boundaries were so mean and I didn't want to be mean and I never wanted to step on toes or ruffle feathers. But it's not about that. It's about like, you know, boundaries can be anything from like what you'll accept in terms of cleanliness in a home, Mm -hmm. like to, you know, like how they speak about your family or something. I don't know, you know. Yes, yes. Um, And I think that that's really interesting. And it is so much easier said than done. And it's also kind of hard said as well. Like, I don't really know how to explain because it's something that comes up so naturally, like something happens and then you're like, that made me feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I'll give a, I'll give an example, actually. Um, I love my partner so much. And sometimes I feel like he's like, my best friend also, which is a great feeling. But because of that, I like forget that he's my partner too. Like too. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, oh my God, let me tell you this story about like how I got with this guy once. And then I'm like, what am I doing? But it's too late. How does he feel about it? Does he? Yeah. So like early on, in our relationship, I did that. Okay. And I was like, this is so crazy. There was this night and it was what. And then he was like, I am not okay with you telling me this detailed story. And by the way, like he's fine hearing about my past. I'm fine. I like, I love hearing about his past. Like I would have <laughs> loved a detailed story because I'm a freak. But he he set a boundary and he was like, I don't want to hear a detailed story about someone that you hooked up with in the past. I get that. Yeah. And like that should never happen again. And I was like, absolutely. You're so right. And, you know, I'm I'm trying to think of like a reverse example, but I'm sure, I'm sure there's like, like, just like if he like made fun of me for something and I was like, that is a really sensitive subject and I have PTSD from his past relationship. So like, yes. don't ever do X, Y, and Z. It's like, that's how it comes up. And if the person has a bad reaction to you trying to say that or set that boundary, that's, Red flag territory, I would say. 
A hundred percent. By the way, for those of you, I was in a relationship once where I was kind of scared to speak up on my boundaries because I Mm. kind of knew that they wouldn't be respected anyway. And I was making the decision to make the person happy rather than myself happy. And I had a friend that used to be like, just bring it up, have this conversation. Mm. I was terrified to have the conversation because I already knew the answer. So ladies, gentlemen, if you are terrified to bring up a conversation, the chances are you already kind of know the answer. Yep, exactly. And that goes for all conversations, especially the what are we conversation, which you shouldn't be having anyway. Yeah. Um, I actually just thought of one more example. We like in early stages um, still, we were doing like the whole Zoom thing because, you know, the pandemic. And we were in like a group Zoom with like a lot of his friends and someone like kind of like nominated me to like speak um, about something. And I'm like, I'm very extroverted and outgoing, but when I don't know people, like it takes me two seconds at least, like a Mm -hmm. few seconds to like get there. And I felt like very on the spot and just so not okay from like having to share some something with a bunch of people that I didn't know that like Mm -hmm. he was close with. And I ended up, like just kind of like word vomiting and saying something that was like cringe. And and like, I was already super insecure about what I had said. And he was like, why did you say that? Like once, once the zoom was over and I was like, I am already horrified by the fact that I said that, like, do not ever (laughs) make me feel worse about that moment. Like I never want to talk about this moment again. That is hysterical. I love that. It was so cringe. Um, Okay. Another topic that, and this is what I do now. We're obviously going to be going over. I'm sorry, Brian. No, please. I'm loving this. (laughs) This is so fun. I'm loving it too. Someone wanted to talk about not sleeping well together in the beginning of dating because we did this on our polls and we were, you know, and a lot of people go through this. Like it's really hard to get to a place where you guys, like you actually sleep better when the two of you are in the bed together. Um, and like oftentimes in the early stages of dating, like one person might even go home to get a better night's sleep. Uh, I'm laughing because this is so relatable to me. It takes me so long to get to the sleepover portion of a relationship. Mm Mm-hmm because I have a fear of the awkwardness of mornings. I hate that feeling like you're laying in someone's bed that's not your bed and you're not comfortable or it's hot. Like I like to sleep in a freezing room and I have frostbite when I wake up in the morning. So like, I don't like that feeling of having to like cowtail around and then it's like awkward. And I, I don't know. I also think by the way, unless you guys are at that stage where you're, it's things are super comfortable and you really like each other, like keep it to like the fun evening and then deal with the morning. Like once you're so excited to wake up together. And it's so funny because my boyfriend, the first time, like I took him upstairs to my house, like before I did, I said to him, he doesn't live in the city. He works Mm -hmm. in the city. He lives on Long Island. I said to him, I'm really worried about bringing you upstairs. I'm worried you'll never leave. (laughs) I was like, I'm worried you'll never leave. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, what if it's like late and you want to sleep over? And I'm just like, not. I was so oddly honest with him since day one. Like, honestly, more honest than I've been 
in any relationship with somebody actually Mm. about like the crazy things going on in my head. And that's why I think that you have such a great relationship with him. For sure. One million percent. One million percent. I I was very similar. I actually, I'm really weird with sleepovers in general. I don't like to fall asleep in a cuddle. Like I can cuddle for a bit and then like Mm -hmm. I'm I'm on my side. I don't even want to touch you. Like I don't even want to touch you with like a tiny toe. Like I'm not touching you. (laughs) And, And so I'm just really weird with with sleepovers. And then additionally, like I don't like to have a sleepover with somebody before we've had sex because I find that sleepovers are very intimate. Like, as you said, you know, you wake up and you have your, your stuff and it's not as sexy and like you both have morning breath and whatever. And so I, and like, for me, it's like sleepovers were always a process because I wear contacts and like, if I didn't have my contacts on me, then like I'm blind. And I can't tell you how many times I've walked home from someone's apartment blind. Like I have no idea. Like, and I've like run into people on the street and I've just waved because like, I have no idea who they are. Um, but like, so they're, they're a process. And so when I was starting to see my partner, I was like, you know, I straight up said, I did like the very honest thing, like you had said to yours. And I said, I don't want to have a sleepover or like, no, no, that's not what I said. I said the first time we have sex, because like it was inevitable that we were going to mm-hmm. have sex at one point. Mm-hmm. I need you to sleep over. And this was like a, it wasn't that I was like insecure about him, mm-hmm. but I think it was just like, this was again, a boundary. I was like, I know that like, I will feel safe and like honored and respected if he sleeps over after sex. Because, you know, we had the type of relationship where we weren't having sleepovers Mm -hmm. because we hadn't had sex yet. And also because we're both super independent. And so I said to him, the first time we have sex, I want you to sleep over after. And so sure enough, like we, it's not that we planned our first night of sex, but like he intelligently brought like a little toiletry bag the first night that like it was probably going down Mm -hmm. and he slept over after and it was great. And like, I was just really happy about that. But, um, like similar to you, I didn't, I didn't sleep well with him until I felt like comfortable with him. And I think that's really normal. Right. I think that's a really big piece of it. I think comfort is key, especially with the sleepover. And I think that if you front, if you do the sleepover too soon before you're ready and before you feel comfortable, I actually think it can work against your relationship. Agreed. And I've seen that happen with multiple friends. Same. My one of my friends had that happen. She was like, I can't believe I slept there. She's like, it was so awkward in the morning. And then this and this. And I I was like, actually, and again, I literally don't judge my friend. Like whatever works for you do, but Mm -hmm. just hearing it, I like had hives because I'm like, (laughs) the idea of me being in that situation, it's just I know my limits. And I'm like, I could, I would, I just want to die from, you know, the story. Totally. And you want to be like a little bit unattainable. Like you can't sleep over because you have X, Y, and Z to do. Right. Another topic was, and this is like so hard because now I want to talk to you for like ever. And also my recorder's dying. So I'm going to have to change the battery in a second. Okay. But 
friend breakups are so much harder than romantic breakups. Uh, and and uh, I don't know if you've ever gone through this. I actually like haven't really gone through a friend breakup. I've gone through like friend rejections where I have felt rejected from a friend. Okay. But we never actually fully broke up and we still say like, I love you, happy birthday on our birthdays. Mm-hmm. But I know people who have actually had friend breakups. I actually know a girl who wrote an email breaking up with a friend of hers, which was definitely something new to me. But do you think that friend breakups are harder than romantic ones? Okay. So I come from your camp. I never really had a friend breakup. I also don't fight with my friends. I don't have like, I don't, I'm not one of these people that has petty fights with my friends. Like I never have been, I never hopefully will be unless I get crazier as I get older. But like, it's just not in my DNA. And like all of my friends are very laid back people. And so I never had that. There's only one time that I broke up with a friend and what she did was so insane. She actually pursued my ex-husband. She was my best friend, like my whole life, one of my best friends. And she was one of my bridesmaids. And I have a very good relationship with my ex-husband. I actually set him up with people all the time. So ladies, if anyone is looking for a really, you know, he's cute, tall, 6'2", like good, you know, whatever. I, I set him up all the time. She was actively pursuing trying to date my ex-husband while completely like not telling me and would hang out with him and hide from me. And when I found out, I actually um, cut that friendship off so fast in a way that I've never done in my whole life because it actually was scary to me. Like that was frightening because this was someone who I confided in about everything. I cut that friendship off and I actually never felt any sadness about that friendship ending. And it was a lifelong friendship since I was like eight years old, a camp friend. But I did not feel sad because I do, one thing I, I mean, as someone who jokes that I have no boundaries, like betrayal and dishonesty, and if I can't trust someone are full deal breakers for me. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to have, like, how was I going to go back to that friendship where like, I just, someone would lie directly to my face as they were dating, like, you know, I completely get that. And I think it would have been a different scenario if she had come to you first, obviously. By the way, had she come to me first, I might, I might've on that one been like, really? I mean, we're so, we speak <laughs> right. all day, every day. But again, like it is a weird thing. But what I will say about friendship breakups is sometimes it's hard. I have had guy friends. This is a good one. Not girlfriends, but guy friends who maybe had to break up with me because their girlfriend or their Mm. whatever didn't want us to have a friendship when there was really zero, right? And that was really hard. I had that happen with someone. That was really painful because I was like, wait, what? Like, there's nothing here. And I miss that friend. I miss that friend. That's happened to me too. Yeah. So that sucks. So I can't really, I'd imagine it's hard. I haven't really been in it the way you're describing. So Mm -hmm. I can't really answer without just making it up. Yeah. (laughs) I think the reason it's harder is because at least in romantic relationships, you kind of figure out like hindsight's 2020, like why it ended. Like you can put together the pieces, but when Mm -hmm. you have a friendship breakup and there's no like explanation, 
you're just like, what? Like I was just your friend. Like all I did was like be a friend to you. And now you've decided that you are no longer into me as a friend. So that, I feel like that can hurt so much more. Like I, you know, was saying like, I've had a friend reject me as a friend, meaning like she never straight up said anything, but like we were very close and now we're not. But like she was like, always like needed me and texted me. And then she just like, didn't need me and didn't text me. Right. Um, so yeah, that, that is really hard because I'm like, it's a mystery to me. Why? And I don't think I'll ever know. And like not having that closure sucks. And every time I reach out and I'm like, is everything okay? She's like, yeah, what do you mean? I love you. Like, I'm just so busy. Right. So but you it's know just, it's something. Yeah. You just know. Yeah. That's painful for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. It's, it's a toughie. So I feel you if you're listening and you're going through a friend breakup, you are not alone. You're um, not. We're your friends. We are your friends today. <laughs> so the last topic, and then I'm going to do some rapid fire poll questions, is okay. if you're crazy about your significant other, but you don't like some of their friends or their mm. friends' girlfriends or like wives, you know, let's say, th- is that like par for the course? And I think it is. What do you I- think? I think it's par for the course, you know, like I, there's always, I think in a couple, like you have a favorite, either the husband and the wife or the wife yes. or the boyfriend and the it's, girlfriend. And it's like, it's you never perfect the boyfriend. Mm-hmm. It's never perfect. You know, you just kind of grin and bear it. You have to just suck it up and take the dead weight with you. <laughs> you gotta take the dead weight friend. Uh-huh. And sometimes they actually turn out to be a little more fun sometimes than you give them credit for. That's what I've learned. I agree. Try to see the good. Try to find something in common. Like maybe they're not like the most interesting person ever, but maybe you both love like shoes and you can talk about shoes. Exactly. So you, and there, there's always someone that will talk about reality TV. Like if always. all else fails, just talk about Real that. Housewives. <laughs> exactly. That's so funny. Um, okay. We're going to do some rapid fire poll questions. Is it better to be on time or a few minutes late for a date? Okay. So here's a weird thing about me. I'm the least organized person you've ever met in your life, which is why I have to stay so on, like even planning this podcast with you, like I have mm-hmm. to immediately respond or I'll never respond. It's like right. all or nothing. Uh-huh. Unorganized as I am, I am totally and completely prompt and not because of any other reason than okay. if I am so time conscious, because if I'm not, again, I would be the latest person that I am like, a weirdo. Like I'm weirdly prompt. Great. Um, I don't think you have to play the late at the date card game. Mm-hmm. I just uh, think, yeah. yeah. No, I actually disagree with you on this one. I think okay. like be two minutes late if you're a girl meeting a guy because like the worst situation is when you're waiting for the guy and then you're just like, <laughs> fuck me. Like <laughs> I am never, I'm not early for the date. I mean, maybe eh, that's not true. Maybe a couple minutes early, but, um, I get what you're saying. I just don't think that it's going to be like a deal breaker if you're on time for someone. That's my stance. But No, I agree with you. I agree with you. But from this point on, just say like which one. One word. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Even though I do, I do love the explanation. Been on six great dates, text consistently, but have only pecked good night. Normal slash trying to be polite by taking it slow or red flag. Red flag. I agree. Six dates, you're getting a peck? No. No. Trying on someone else's engagement ring, tacky slash invasive or no big deal? No big deal. 
I agree. Like, I feel like, like it's rude if you don't try on their engagement 100%. Fucking put on the fucking dress. Right. Literally, <laughs> put, on, put on their wedding dress. Take it, take it a little, take it further. Walk it down the aisle, whatever. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Is it ever okay to respond bluntly to an anti-ghost text if you didn't agree with their decision and you didn't think they gave you a fair enough chance? Yes or no? Meaning fight back the anti-ghost text? Yeah. I would never. Yeah, it's so cringe. Like it's never, so cringe. never do that. <laughs> like I can't even think about it. It's wild. Actually. Do you want to know everything about your significant other's dating history and past relationships or no details and feel uncomfortable or insecure hearing about it? I think I'm interested in like the big events and things I should know about, but I don't want to hear details about sex. Okay, so rub it in, rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> I but get not it. everyone feels I that way. Up. <laughs> no, <laughs> That's really no but by the way, I've no, made that I know. mistake. I've I know, I know. Sex things. Yeah. Okay. Red flag or no big deal. You went to dinner with your significant other for your three-year anniversary and you split the bill. Red 100% flag. 100% red flag all the way. Yeah, just creepy. Like I understand it's your anniversary, so you're both celebrating, but like, ew. I'm a little old-fashioned like that. Me too. Me too. Okay. When you look up someone from a dating app, do you look at Facebook or Instagram first? So unless they're, you, Instagram is very easy to find. I look on Facebook, but I will eventually get to the Instagram. I do a full FBI profile. Same. I look at LinkedIn. I look at Venmo. I, look I was going to say Venmo. Everything. I mean, Strava. If you're on Strava, like I'll find you there <laughs> too. That is, that's amazing. <laughs> it's, like, it's like an exercise app that tracks your exercise. That's I'm a hilarious. huge stalker and I'm very proud of it. As you should be. Um, <laughs> this was so fun, Jenna. Where can everybody find you, follow you, stalk you? Okay, so a couple things. One is you can follow me on Instagram at Jenna Kingsley. It's one N J E N A K I N G S L E Y. Come listen to Social Studies, you guys. Another Dear Media podcast. And just for you guys, for the the we met at Acme, I had a dating blog that was like kind of comedic that is locked but I will make it open for the Dear Acme listeners. So Lindsay will let me know when this airs and I'll open it up and you guys could read some funny New York City short dating stories that I think you'll, if you're a listener of this podcast, you will love. I love that. And also going back to me forgetting how to be an interviewer, I forgot to ask you a quote or piece of advice that you could leave our listeners with. Oh God, God, that is so stressful. Um, <laughs> I know. It would have to be, I'm sorry, I can't, don't hate me. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't know the reference, you're too young. Yeah, exactly. By the way, it's like the New York Nico, she's too young for you, bro. Have you seen that? Yes, it's so good. It's so good. Um, Okay. That's, oh, oh, you want oh, that's actually, advice. that's actually that's, No, no. My advice would be, guys, I know this is, you're, you're here because you're wanting to hear about dating and relationships. Choose someone who treats you the way that you want to be treated and don't try to put a, a round peg in a square hole because Mm. you're never ever gonna get to that place like ever it shouldn't be difficult like that yep agreed love that thanks jenna thanks Lindsay. 